On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, what can the Eagles learn from the 2000s New England Patriots dynasty? How can the Eagles become that dynasty? Plus, our first week of LOE3 presented by FanDuel, NFL predictions for 2023, all that and more on a Friday edition of Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in Eagles fans to a Friday edition of the show. It's sponsored by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use the promo code in all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by my co-host Gino Camilleri. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. One more show until the Eagles season opener this Sunday, kickoff at 425 in Foxborough against the New England Patriots. And Gino, this is a much different Patriots team than the last time the Eagles saw it. the big one, of course, 2017, Super Bowl 52. There was another forgettable game in 2019 with Tom Brady. Nelson Aguilar drops a touchdown in the back of the end zone on fourth down uh, to lose that close one. Even going back to 2019, both of these teams look vastly different. That's the NFL, of course. Things change really quick. Um, the Eagles, to me, a heavy favorite in this game on Sunday. But the Patriots that me and you knew growing up, a lot of it felt pretty similar. It was the greatest dynasty, I think, in NFL history. But, you know, the thing is with that dynasty, it was really, what, a two-man dynasty with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. The Eagles right now, it finally feels like might have a chance not to win six Super Bowls, right, but to have sustained success over a long period of time like that New England Patriots team did. Are there any lessons, do you think, and maybe they've already started this process, is there anything from New England's dynasty that Philadelphia needs to do or something that it just it takes to sustain success in the NFL that the Eagles might already be in the works of doing? I would say it has to start, of course, at the quarterback and head coach position. And not only that, right. I think the holy trinity of the National Football League and why they were so good in yeah. that era as well is you forget about the guy who constructed that team, Scott Pioli, who sure. is the general manager Everybody in that building was on the same. It's a good page. point, you know. That's when their rosters were the most complete, is when Belichick was not the GM. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He had somebody else, and it was Pioli. And I was lucky enough to get to listen to him down at the Senior Bowl in 2020 and read some scouting reports to him, and just hearing how intricate every single detail was when it came down to what the 53rd guy on the roster had to be, what his exact job title was, what they were looking for, height, weight, speed, everything else that you can imagine. And that's what the great teams do. When you look at Nick Saban in college, he's the same way. I say, is Nick Saban a vastly better coach than a majority of the guys in college football? No, I think there's a lot of guys that have been coaches forever that are excellent coaches. But the thing that Nick Saban will do that a lot of people won't is leave no stone unturned. And I think that's what Bill Belichick did an unbelievable job of in that 2000s era. And I think you kind of have to look at it kind of like the Chicago Bulls when they went on that run of six rings. It was kind of two different teams, really, because when they won that first stretch, it was the 
Rob, not the Rob Ninkovich era. That was even before that. You're thinking like the Teddy Bruschi days, right? Oh, yeah. And the Mike Vrabel and how good right. that core was together. And Willie then, McGinnis. I mean, yeah, that exactly. Team was loaded. Yeah, Richard how good Seymour. that secondary was. And mm-hmm. then you go back to the next time they start to win those championships as well. You see the pieces like the Rob Gronkowski's, the Julian Edelman. Led more it's, by the passing game and by Brady. Yeah. Yep. You got to have not just the Holy Trinity up top, as we call yeah. it, the head coach, general manager, and quarterback. But at the same time, you have to have those other core foundational pieces, whether it be four, five, maybe seven or eight of them. And I think the Philadelphia Eagles, what they were trying to do in 2017 was the right idea. And that's what a lot of the early 2000s for the Eagles was. It was head coach, general manager, and Donovan McNabb all on the same page. But there were some pieces the wide receiver you couldn't get in there. You didn't have a world-beating tight end. Your defense, after you lost some of those pieces, you never got that secondary core. And that was kind of like 2017 as well, where I thought you were on that same trajectory, but you could never get the sustainability element. And I would take away all of the lessons that they learned in terms of sustainability. How do you prolong this? That's what I want to take Mm -hmm. away. Because finding a quarterback, a lot of it comes down to luck. Look at Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was drafted. That's the thing, Gino. I mean, the Patriots dynasty in large part has a lot to do with luck and not going to say the Eagles, this potential sustained success has to do with luck either. But, you know, it did come from a backup quarterback who you took in the second Mm -hmm. round in 2020. So a lot of it has to do with luck. A lot of it has to do with that foundation you mentioned because the Patriots like the Patriots are the perfect example. Look how different the early 2000s teams were. And then those, you know, the first three rings versus the, the last three. It was on the backs of Tom Brady. You have to have that quarterback GM head coach foundation because you're Mm -hmm. not always going to be able to have the loaded rosters of the 2000 to 2005, I'd say, New England Patriots. So eventually you need to carry, be carried by your quarterback and you need your GM and coach to be able to adapt and have different ways to win football games. And I think that's the one thing I'm very confident with Howie Roseman is He's very willing to adapt. I mean, how many different, it feels like, draft strategies, free agent approaches has he had Mm -hmm. since he's been the GM in Philly for, you know, over the last decade? So I think the Eagles have a lot of that same stuff. Honestly, I would go as far as saying I think their process is even better than New England's because after, you know, once Belichick really took over for the front office, there were a lot of off seasons. I was wondering what it felt like a lot of time they were saving money through Tom Brady's contracts and they weren't really doing a whole lot with it. And I actually think Howie's roster building around his quarterbacks when they've had that big contract has been better than new England's, which is really hard to do once that big deal comes out. But I I think that's one thing is Brady carried new England a, a lot more. There were some years again, he always had Rob Gronkowski, but and he had a year of Randy Moss, Edelman, Wes Welker. But there were some some seasons where it, it didn't look great. He was throwing to Brandon LaFells and Aaron Dobson's and Kembrell Tompkins. I mean, it was brutal. Even a Dante Stallworth in that Dante equation Stallworth. as well for us yeah, Eagles I mean, fans. Yeah. Again, the Patriots had some loaded offenses for sure, but there were just years it didn't feel like they were going for it as much. And I think with the Eagles, you always trust that how he's going to go for it. He's not just going to be like, yeah, this is what we have and that's fine. I would definitely say more recently that's probably been Bill Belichick's MO, but like that Randy Moss move. It's like, yep, that's what something Howie yeah. Roseman would do in today's game. What's the thing, you I, know, a weapon, you need that elite weapon too for these kind of dynasties. You got to have those guys, Gronks, Mosses, Welkers, Edelmans, the go-tos. I look at Bill Belichick and Howie Roseman a lot in the same. They just fall from two different branches of two different trees, right? And they're both real living examples of what you would say is probably 
it's definitely at the head coaching position, the longest experiment and theory tester that you've had in terms of coaching Darwinism and Howie Roseman is probably right there in terms of general manager Darwinism yeah, of point. evolving over years. And that's the thing you could take away, in my opinion, is understanding how to evolve and not stay still. And that's what ben, Bill Belichick's one thing about him that people will kind of look over is that he has been that guy that we're saying we have to get like that like that's the organization you have to get to where you're planning ahead you're three four steps ahead how many times has he let guys walk in free agency where he gets a third round comp pick the next year and then he signs a Jamie Collins back after a failed year in Cleveland Mm -hmm. he's done that time and time again and Howie Roseman makes many of those similar moves but one of the moves that kind of was like a split in the timelines was Bill Belichick starts to ascend as this head coach and general manager. And at the same time, the Eagles did that, but then they took a complete 180 after Chip Kelly left. And it's like, maybe that was the best experience for them. Whereas for new England, it's kind of the opposite right now where Bill is trying to make his way. And when he was his best, he did have the Scott Pioli's next to him. Those great, the Nick Casario's, even the guys that he had his right hand, man. When it's just him, I'm with you. It's like there, there's some things that are kind of questionable, like the wide receiver court. Like you got a young quarterback, go all yeah, in. You got to have a collaborative vision, Gino, is what I feel like is a very important part of this. And I think the Eagles and the Patriots approach is somewhat similar, but sometimes it's not like from a cultural perspective. I think the Patriots have this, the, the Patriot way, right, is very mm. different than what the Eagles do, but they have a consistent vision and they really stick to that approach. And so they look for certain pieces like front office members, coaches, personnel on the field that mold that. I think the Eagles now, it feels like for sometimes it felt like some years they didn't really know what they were trying to do, but I think they have a different approach than the Patriots. They want a very tight knit locker room. I think it's a very player driven culture. The coach energy, very different than what New England has. Um, But again, it's a unified vision. It feels like, and I think that's very important too. You have to be on the same page. You can yeah. only go as the boat goes, and if somebody's rowing in the opposite direction, yeah. it's going to be a chink in the armor, and that's what happened to the Eagles with the Chip Kelly and Howie Roseman years. Right. Right? Exactly. You saw Those that divide and so that different. split. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know, I will say, though, again, the simplest way to put this is the Patriots had the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest, maybe the greatest head coach of all time, and a great front office process. And I think the Eagles have a really an elite quarterback right now. I think they have an elite head coach and an elite general manager. So there's so much more to it, especially when you sustain success for decades on end, which is so difficult to do now. Um, but I think when you have those main three staples, it makes it so much easier to do everything else. And the Eagles have that. I, yeah. I have no complaints about where they're at right now, especially because they've learned from the past. They've taken the theories and tested them for themselves in some ways. And they went with the 12 personnel heavy route with the Carson Wentz, and that didn't seem to work. And they had more older guys. That didn't seem to work. When they had the younger guys with Deshaun and Jeremy, that seemed to work. So they went back to that. They're taking little bits and pieces of all of those different stories and putting them together to tell the story of 2023, which is probably the most refined Howie Roseman roster because of everything that he has gone through being in this building for over 15 years. Well, Gino, I would say too, maybe the Patriots, honestly, like in the post Tom Brady world, I think they've failed to adapt more than the Eagles have, you know, 
post Tom Brady, post Carson Wentz, very different situations. But once you lose that quarterback and you're left scrambling, I think the Eagles did a better job of saying, let's throw things out and try things differently because new England, I think your approach has to be different when you don't have Tom Brady. It feels like with Mac Jones, they're trying the same things. And with Mac, you you just can't do that. He's not Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. No, he's not. And that's why you have lucked into Jalen hurts. And now you have that ability that even without those elite weapons, even in his first year and his second year, you saw why he flashed. It's because he is that good of a quarterback. And in the year Tom didn't have those weapons, well, you saw. And look at Donovan McNabb. He had some units that I would say are on par with some of the wide receiving groups that Tom Brady has had in his career. Tom Brady got it done at times. Look at Donovan McNabb, right? Absolutely. Kickoff this Sunday, 425 between two very different looking teams between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots since the last time we saw them four years ago in 2019. Can't wait for this next segment. Coming up next, the return of LOE3. Gino and I, we both have three bets for you presented by FanDuel to get you some money this Sunday between the Eagles and the Patriots. And guys, today's show is presented by Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. And with a lot of supplements that do help with hair growth, sometimes it feels like you have to sacrifice one thing or another. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Men think losing their hair is inevitable. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Men tired of weakening or thinning hair? Do you want to reach your full hair potential? Leading hair growth supplement Nutrafol helps improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. They're the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. As I mentioned, go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their hair health wellness quiz is identify causes of your thinning and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. And again, you don't have to sacrifice sexual health, anything that has to do with the body. It's just good, healthy hair supplements and it works. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter our promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled out N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men. And again, enter that promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $10 off your first month. Once again, Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code LOCKEDONNFL. We thank Nutrafol for sponsoring the Lockdown Eagles podcast today. All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Friday edition of Lockdown Eagles, our last show until the season opener between the Birds and the Patriots Sunday at 425. And Gino, I'm pumped for this segment, man. We've been doing this for a few years now. Why don't you explain to maybe our new everydayers what LOE3 is all about, presented by FanDuel. Being a responsible gambler that I am, I always thought that sports and gambling go hand in hand. And I thought, what better way to introduce our listeners to betting on sports than giving them three player props each, so six total each and every week in a segment called LOE3. We have been hotter than hot the last two years, Lou. If How our much fans money have, have, been, we, have we made, Gino, for people? If our fans have been riding with us, yes, they will have made, if they bet $100 on each bet, $2,738. So that's pretty good. We're up nearly 28 units. And it's because we talk about this team every single day. 
And when it comes to gambling, I will say research, research, research. There's a lot of things that you can get into the weeds about. FanDuel does a great job providing you that literature. I even tweeted out a little thread today how to get through sports gambling. But I'm telling you, player props, if you know and listen to this show, you will have a great inside detail with the crossover shows that we do, what the matchups are going to be. And that's how we hone in on our three picks each and every week here at LOE3. Let's just ignore those Quez Watkins bets that I told everybody to make in 2022. <laughs> yep. Outside Lost of that, that, we were pretty good at winning you money in 2022 and in 2021 as well. All right, Gino, Eagles Patriots this Sunday. Let's get into our six total player props, three each right here on LOE3, presented by FanDuel. Let's start with your first one. And I like this one a lot. I think the Eagles are going to come out very pass heavy against the Patriots. You have the over on Jalen Hurts, 20 and a half completions. I think this game is going to be very reminiscent to potentially those first couple weeks in 2021 where Nick Sirianni came out firing in terms of the pass game. I love that Jalen Hurts is now going to have that at his disposal rather that you could throw him 40 times a game and you won't even bat an eye at that. So even if he throws it 35 to 40 times, you're saying if he completes 50% of his passes that I'm going to win this bet. I think he's going to do better than that. I think New England is going to present some matchups that will be key in terms of just putting the ball on time and getting it in the receiver's hands. I think Jalen Hurts and his receivers have that great ability to do just that. Work in rhythm, work in timing, hit guys on the back shoulder. Give me 20 and a half completion, man. I'm totally on board with Hurts throwing it 35 to 40 times a game. Minus 114 odds there. Same odds as my first bet here. Devontae Smith, the over 64 and a half receiving yards. Christian Gonzalez is a rookie in this game who I mm-hmm. really liked. Regardless, I think Devontae Smith is going to hit the over on 64 and a half receiving yards. I think he's just last year was so incredible. I think this year he's going to be even better. It doesn't feel like he can be much better than he was in the second half of the year, but I like the over there. I think for a rookie like Gonzalez, is he going to cover Devante the whole game? No, but I, I do think that a rookie having to deal with a top, I said this on the show the other day, dealing with an elite route runner in your debut when there's already nerves, that's a really tough assignment. I think Devante is going to go off. I think they're going to throw the football a lot, just like you said with Jalen Hurts, that over on 20 and a half completions. I'm with you on that bet. I think Devante is the featured receiver this week and I think over 64 and a half I'll definitely hammer that yeah I'm with you on that I I think Devontae is a seven for 70 guy each and every day right if he averages right around what his yards per reception are with how many receptions he gets per game I think you give him 11 to 13 targets per game as well as AJ Brown as well as Dallas Goddard then sprinkle in the rest but man he he should go off right away think he's going to put himself in that conversation and you better have drafted Devonte smith high in fantasy this year the kid is going to go bananas all right so we both have an anytime touchdown score let's start with yours and it's through the air dallas goddard at plus 200 i like that one a lot you know i think dallas goddard touchdowns this year i think he's going to rack them up i actually think they're going to throw a little more in the red zone not to say they're never going to use jalen hurts you know as a runner that's like his bread and butter i mean that's what makes this offense dangerous when they get down there but i think they're going to throw a little more and i think that breeds more opportunities for goddard especially over anybody and his ability to just break multiple tackles in the second level i think is touchdown in the super bowl like when they get to the 20 gino like screen game for goddard you're going to see that a lot well, that was his touchdown in the Super Bowl that exactly. I was referencing, right? right? You just yeah. get him that ball on an island, 
get two guys out blocking in front of them and let them go to town. And this is that game where I think you want to exploit that, right? Because he's going to probably have Kyle Duggar on him most of the time, who's a pretty good safety covering tight ends. But at the same time, if somebody just on a little pick route clears Kyle Duggar out of the way, you get Dallas Goddard the ball in space, man, he's a guy that's good for two to three broken tackles every time he gets the ball. And I always remember that play that was the most egregious offensive pass interference ever against Dallas, where the guy almost had his head ripped off like an owl and he still ran for 70 yards. So anytime he touches the ball, he is a threat to score. And I'm with you, like as a red zone target, I go to him each and every day because you just line him up on an option route against the safety, read his leverage, boom, he's got big hands, got a big radius. There you go. Easy slam dunk touchdown for you. Do you know my anytime touchdown scorer, I think, is Kenneth Gainwell, plus 310 here. I don't think he's going to be the featured running back right out of the jump. I think it's going to be DeAndre Swift or Shad Penny. He's going to get a lot of red zone opportunities. But Kenny G, there's something about him. I think they do trust him a lot in these situations mm-hmm. in the two-minute drill. In the red zone, it is week one. He is the longest-tenured running back. That's going to be a main part of the rotation. Of course, Boston Scott's been in Philly longer. But I don't know. I just have a hunch with this one that I think Kenny G is going to get in the end zone. I see him scoring on an inside zone from about 15 yards out. And That's what I'm he thinking. Just, and, and you know, sometimes you just feeling with these bets. And just yeah, play. and look, yeah, I'm with you. I think there's some logic to it, but sometimes you just got to go off feeling. And I just, I don't know. Week one's always weird too. The touchdown mm-hmm. scores. I don't think you're going to be just AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. I think it's going to get a little wonky. You might see a Boston Scott TD, Rashad Penny, maybe Kenny G. Mm-hmm. Give me Gainwell. And you, with your next bet, have a anytime touchdown for Rashad Penny. And the odds here right now are plus 250. So a little bit better than Gainwell, who's at plus 310. But I like the Penny one, man. I think he's going to get red zone work this year a lot. I think they're going to score three to four touchdowns in this game, and I think yeah. our three guys have a real potential to do that. Because I like a chance that it, we could hit at least two of the three. Oh, definitely, because if you think about Devontae Smith hitting that over bet, right, that means yeah. they're probably going to play off coverage a little bit more. Well, that opens up those opportunities where sure. they got six in the box. Rashad just has to make one guy miss inside. Same with Kenny Gainwell. I like my chances in that, and that's what Jalen Hurts and his ability to throw and run does. And that's why I want to stay away from the Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown because like mm. you're going to key in on that guy. But yep. the other two, it's like all they got to do is make one guy miss. It could even be like yep. to Kenny, a nice little read pitch. Jalen Hurts gets the guy on an island. Kenny gets outside and goes. Same with Rashad Penny. Like That guy can make anybody miss in a phone booth and make mm-hmm. anybody miss on a tackle. He's so explosive. Yep. I can't wait to Biggest see him running back, too, physically, line. Gino. Like, he's he's going to punch a ton in, and people yeah. are going to be so mad at his vulture scores. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, DeAndre Swift owners, I think this year are going to be a little frustrated mm-hmm. at Rashad Penny, but I'm with you. He's the biggest running back, the most powerful. can use him in the red zone. And the thing is, like, yeah, the Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown a great bet every single week. Oh yeah, and we want to be right on this show, but we also want to win you the most money. Money. We want to get you the most bang for your buck. And with Penny at plus two fifty, Gainwell at plus three ten, mm-hmm. I like those odds. And again, I don't think the Hertz usage in the red zone and as a runner in general is going to dramatically decrease, but no. I think it'll go down a little bit. And teams are going to want to keep them out from yeah. those one to two yard areas away right. from the end zone, right? So if they're going to try and run more and tendency wise, you're going to think the Eagles will want to reverse that tendency. Teams are going to think we're going to throw at the one or two or run at the one and two. Let's throw yeah. that ball, right? Like break your tendency from last year and then let's run from six to seven yards out. So I think that presents a lot of opportunity. And I think the last one you bet at minus 114 
DeAndre yes. Swift over 14 and a half receiving yards. Whoever made that bet or what that, is line that line is Gino? blind. That that's one of those ones where I need you one look catch. at it and it's too good to be true, and you yeah. hammer it because it's too good to be true before yeah, somebody catches that. on. And again, Kenny G is going to be very involved in this passing game in the backfield too. Mm. But I think fourteen and a half receiving yards. I used to that was a bet I liked making a lot last year. I lost a lot because Miles Sanders was just not involved in the passing game far less Enough. than I thought. I thought he was going to at least you know most of the time it was like eight and a half receiving yards. It felt like was the line. I'm like I just need one catch where Sanders mm-hmm. takes it five yards upfield on a three yard checkdown with Swift. I think they're going to use him more in the vertical game. The other day at practice, he was the only running back taking drills with wide receivers. I think they're going to line him up sometimes in motion in the slot, try to get him lined up on linebackers down the field. Give me a 14-and-a-half receiving day. I think give me the over on that. Yeah, I think DeAndre Swift, interesting. We have three bets on running backs, and they're all different. Gainwell touchdown, Penny touchdown, and uh, Swift some receiving yards. Let's get the backs involved, baby. Let's run yeah. the football, run the damn ball. Let's fill it all for If they ball, get a lead baby. early, Gino, they're going to be featured. And they're going to throw it, too. Like Once yeah. they run... The old adage, run to set up the pass. Like the Eagles will do that, but they'll use the pass to set up the run as well. And that's why you got to take the boom for your buck, right? Like go for the ones plus 310, plus 250. That's where we really, I think we've hit like plus 800 and plus 900 bets on this. So stay along all year long. We hopefully are going to continue to win some more money for you responsibly, that is. For sure. All right, Gino, coming up next off the top. NFL predictions for the 2023 season. First, tell us about prize picks. If you don't know what prize picks is at this point, well, I'm going to clue you in right now. Prize picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. All you have to do, you pick two to six players, say will they go more or less than their prize picks projections, and you can win up to 25 times your money. You're not competing against somebody else, like me and Lou can't even compete against each other. It's just you competing against the computer and their projections. You don't have to go against all of these people on Daily Fantasy that have thousands of entry. No, it's just you and an entry that you make in as little as 60 seconds. And let me tell you what, this Sunday, Lou, I am taking all of the Eagles players to hit more on everything. Jalen Hurts, more passing yards. Devontae Smith, more receiving yards. I'm just going to go to town taking more on all of them over at Prize Picks. If you want to get in on the action as well, download the app or go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, let's go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Choose two to six players. But before you do that, put that code in, which again is locked on NFL. And then you pick your two to six players and easily they will match up to $100. Get in on the action today and take more on all the Eagles this weekend. All right, Eagles fans, we're wrapping up our final show between the Eagles before the Eagles kick off the 2023 season on Sunday against the New England Patriots. Gino, we've already had a game last night. The Detroit Lions took down the Kansas City Chiefs, which was interesting. It was tough, man. Let me tell you one thing before we get. So I want to do off the top NFL predictions, just what we think the playoffs are going to look like one through seven AFC, NFC. But Chauncey Gardner-Johnson looked good last night, man. That was that was tough to watch. Should have paid him. Tough. And should've I felt for him. you, man, because the safety guy, we should have paid him. I agree. I, I feel like a lot of listeners, here's the one thing that was bothering me on Twitter is a lot of people, 
like because they didn't pay him, say he wasn't worth it anyway. And that's what like I like that they re-signed James Bradbury. I understood the perspective of being controlled and how much they give him. That doesn't mean that losing CGJ made this team better or it didn't make them worse. I think not having CGJ is does not help your football team. Not having very good to elite right. level players on your team is just not the that's way what, to That's what operate. bothers me. Is like I think that's a little too homerism as we didn't need him anyway, that approach. like I, No, CGJ is a very good player. Yeah, I think in total you've seen much more variance between the years where the Eagles have had poor linebackers and good linebackers. And on yep. the other side of it, it's like safety it's like that variance is so bad right where it's like the good years it's very good and then the jaquan jarrett the nate allen years it's like dude what are we even who are these guys these guys aren't even playing the same position do you know brian branch getting a pick six two we really liked him coming out of alabama i need a big i need a big week from reed blankenship and Sidney brown or justin evans that's the thing it has nothing to do with the guys they have it just has correct more to do with howie roseman's philosophy of letting good players walk out the door especially at the safety position where he did it with malcolm jenkins Mm-hmm. and he did it with Brian Dawkins. It's just another thing that he did. I'm with again. you. And I like, look, I love that James Bradbury is back. He's at a more valuable position. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's younger. I think he's an elite player. I would have paid him over Bradbury. I really don't like that he's in Detroit. But uh, regardless, I think the Eagles defense looks pretty good for this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of this season, Gino, we're not going to go deep in, predict the playoffs, the Super Bowl. I think we both really want to pick the Birds to win it all. But just off the top, like, you know, even after yesterday, maybe seeing a little bit from the Lions and the Chiefs, you know, gun to your head, AFC, NFC playoffs, where are we looking? I think in the NFC, we, we both think the Eagles are the top seed, right? Mm-hmm. No, I definitely say. How, how do you think the, the division top. winners round out? Because I think in the NFC it's tougher with, I don't know, the AFC, the the West and the East. I think Eagles and Niners. But I've had, I've been having a lot of trouble lately with the North and the South, like trying to pick them. I think the North, especially after what Detroit did yesterday, it's just kind of yeah. continuation on what they had last year with even better players. Is yeah, I love Chicago and what they present and what they could be. I just know the NFL and I'm gonna bet on a sure thing, which to say Detroit is a sure thing is crazy. I just it think feels like it though after yesterday, a higher floor with Detroit yeah. than there is Chicago and Chicago could just like go on a terrible run and they just never hit that stride and Detroit, they just won one game that this game can really take you far. Just thinking back to this, like you always use this as a rallying cry. I think they win the North the South, yeah. like, who even cares at this point? It's got to be the Saints. I, I, I really the like Saints. the Panthers, Gino, but that offensive line looked so bad this summer, and I feel like the Saints won, what, seven games last year with Andy Dalton? Mm-hmm. I mean, Derek Carr is definitely an upgrade there. I'm with you. I actually had the Lions and the Bears in the postseason. I had Minnesota and Green Bay missing. So I compare, I don't know what you would think of this and where you would differ. I had it one Eagles, two Niners, three Saints, four Lions. Those are your four division winners. My three wildcard teams were Seattle, Dallas, and then I had Chicago squeaking in at seven. I would say the Saints are going to be the, the worst division winner. So they're the four, far. Lions are the three? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I'm with you on Seattle. Yeah. I'm with you. Who was your seven seed? I had So I had Chicago at seven, Dallas at six. Chicago, I'm with you. Yeah. Dallas is always like that team. You just throw them in there just because, and I don't hey man, want if to you want to have the Cowboys miss New York it, Giants. I'm with you. It's, New York Giants. I, I don't hate the logic, especially with the Trey Lance chaos right now. There's a lot of pressure on Dak and McCarthy. I don't think that's crazy. I'm going with the Giants. They were in All it right. last year. 
I expect them to probably. So we be pretty better. much agree. You just have New York yeah. and over Dallas. I like it for the AFC. I, I had a lot of trouble with this gauntlet, man. So here's what I did, and then let me know where you differ. Number one, Baltimore. Number two, Kansas City. Three, Jacksonville. Four, Buffalo. The Bills are gonna. Attaboy. That's a tough division. The AFC East. Five, Bengals. Six, Chargers. Seven, Browns. I had a hard time not putting in Pittsburgh. I'm kind of on the Steelers bandwagon a little bit this year. I'm going to say that Miami wins that division because they have a better offensive line. I think Buffalo's offensive line is like Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Super Bowl bad. Like Josh Allen's going to be running for his life. And like they'll get in the wild card for sure. Like they'll probably be the five seed. I just think Miami is, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough out for anybody. Who that I mentioned do you not have in if Buffalo's a wild card team? Did you say Pittsburgh in there? So I did. I put Cleveland in as unlikable as they are. That was what I was deciding. Like Browns, Steelers, Browns, Steelers. I went with Cleveland because of Watson over Pickett, but it was tough, man. I really like the Steelers this year. You said Chargers, right? I did say the Chargers. I I think they're as much as they choke, they're just too talented to not at least be a wild card team. But then I had the Jets missing, the Dolphins missing, the Steelers. So Cincinnati's a wild card in your case too? Well, I have Baltimore as the, the one seed. Yeah, so Cincinnati is a wild card. Yeah, they're the five. Oh my God, you're a lunatic! Uh, it's a it's a gauntlet. Reverse those, and man. I'm tough. in on that. Reverse those, right. I'm in on that. Isn't that crazy though? That like in the NFC, we have the Bears making it, the Giants and Cowboys, the Seahawks, and in the AFC, the Aaron Rodgers is missing with the Jets. Mm-hmm. I have the Dolphins out. Um, you have who did you have missing? So we have the the Chargers are in, but Pittsburgh's out. Maybe for you, Cleveland's not making it. Mm-hmm. There are so many good teams in that conference that might not get in. Yeah, agreed, and it's, I think whoever, whoever wins it has to beat the best team in football. Love that the Eagles are in the conference, the man. I love the Eagles are in the NFC conference. It is a huge advantage for the 2023 season. Let us know what you guys think. Hit us up on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at LOE and at GC24 underscore football. That's going to do it for our final show until our postgame show on Sunday, hopefully recapping an Eagles week one win against the New England Patriots. They've only lost two season openers in a decade plus. So hopefully we get another win to talk about on Sunday. Subscribe to the Lockdown Eagles podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to our everydayers. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.